Hey, welcome to episode 60 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Hard to believe we're already back. Well, again, with the summer, we always talk about different topics as the game is kind of taking a break. And let's lead off this episode with injuries and impacts and player selections, which will all kind of come together here quickly. Unlike many who apparently had a major issue with the selection of David Reinbacher at the number five overall selection by the Canadians, I did not. How However, though people just had an issue with, oh my God, you should have drafted fill in the blank. There is an issue that's come about that does cast a dark spot or a legitimate concern regarding his career and to what position or level of achievement he'll acquire. And with that said, there is a report that has shown a diagnosis of Osgood Schlatter's disease, which results in cartilage and bone fragmentation in the knees and in David Reinbach case both knees that is a legitimate concern the concern about whether we should have drafted another player again like we talked about in episode 59 that's all subjective obviously everybody has their oh man i wish they would have picked that player they picked him for a good reason he's going to be a top tier and at the very minimum number two solid right hand defenseman which is a position of need in depth of the organization unfortunately this diagnosis and this particular disease is highly detrimental to mobility, acceleration, the ability to change direction. Some are saying the good news here, and which definitely proves the optimistic view, is that if the condition does not worsen and remains under control, it's manageable. However, on the, some people would say, pessimistic side or realistic side, in the mini camp that Montreal had in early July, it's already been noted that he wore braces during that tournament on both of his knees. Hopefully, it's just a development issue. His bones aren't quite completely developed, and he can just grow out of the condition. Many people have that has had it. That being said, though, that certainly, I would say, being that he obviously is already dealing with doctors back in Austria, obviously he has already said he wants to go back to Austria to finish school, I would definitely not bring him over this year like they did with Yurav Slavkowski last year. Matter of fact, I don't think I'd bring him over until he's 20, which of course will really agitate the people that argued against his being drafted because of course that will be two years from now and people will go well if that's the case why didn't we just draft Mitchkoff because he'll be over in three years well there's no guarantee obviously to date that Mitchkoff will ever come over here yes he wants to yes he says he will remains to be seen if he does whereas with David Reinbacher you know he's coming over here and probably would have came over here fairly immediately but with his desire to stay in Austria for schooling right now and this diagnosis that might delay things a little bit However, in two years, if he's completely done with schooling and this disease has gone away because of continued growth and he's grown out of it, then no foul, no harm. But it does, between now and then, make one wonder as to what this prospect will become. That was a concern, obviously, I didn't have going into the draft as I knew nothing about that. I would hope the Canadian staff did, but it would seem odd if they did to draft a player with that high of a selection, which gets back to the player I would have chosen, which was Ryan Leonard. So hopefully this does not come back to haunt the Montreal Canadiens, because I think this kid could be a absolute bona fide number one right-handed defenseman in the NHL, and you don't find those that often, which is why the Canadians 
Canadians drafted him fifth overall in the 2023 NHL entry draft. But if we're going to be fair, because I've taken a lot of shots at people that insulted this kid and made all kinds of remarks on social media that there's no reason to relive. We've already had those discussions. But if you're going to be fair, then you have to look at all different types of scenarios as well. And this is one that would be concerning to the point where it makes one wonder if the future of the Montreal Canadiens right side of their defense still lies in the hands of right-handed defensive prospect Logan Mylou. But depending on your level of interest in other leagues and juniors and things like that, you may or may not be aware of the fact that Logan Mylou has also had his share of injuries as well. So in episode 59, we talked a lot about or had many conversations regarding how many prospects Montreal has, the depth that they have, how are they going to keep them, how are they going to sign them all. Unfortunately, this is one of the ways that those decisions are made. You hope you never have to deal with, but it is an impactful determining factor is unfortunately maybe some of your prospects will get hurt and if not end their careers, certainly change the type of player that they are, which may no longer fit within your organization because you may already have players with the skills that they now have due to what's happened. So that in itself could play a major factor into all the depth that everybody was talking about that Montreal has too many or whatever their prospects were that people were concerned might not make the team. This could set the team in a different direction as to who they keep, who they don't, who's available to them, who's not. So it could be a highly determining factor as to, well, we thought we had to worry about, you know, X amount of defensive prospects. Suddenly two of them dropped out due to injuries. And I'm not saying they will. I'm not predicting anything. I have no inside knowledge. I'm just covering all the different angles as to everybody's just looking at sheer numbers. Sometimes you have unknown, unpredictable, or unintended consequences or factors that affect who stays, who doesn't, who made it, who didn't. The good news is Montreal, whether they've done this intentionally or not, they have a lot of players that can play multiple positions. Owen Beck, Sean Farrell, Philip Massar, Sean Monahan, lots of different players can play all three forward positions. The newly acquired Alex Newhook, Caulfield can play right or left, so they have a lot of versatility. That same concept applies defensively on this team. Fortunately, and I couldn't tell you the reason for this, left-handed defensemen can often play right handed defense as well. Oddly though, right-handed defensemen do not do as well playing left defense as they do on the right side. Why the left-sided defenseman has more of an ability to play their opposite side than the right-handed defenseman does would purely be speculation and guess, and I'm not going to go there on my part. So with that said, on the left side, you have Mike Matheson, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackeye, Jason Struble, Matthias Norlander, Adam Engstrom. You have a lot of depth. There's guys that can come over too, and I didn't even mention Jordan Harris. He is well. Harris, Norlander, Struble, Engstrom could all be right-handed defensemen as well. Now, some people would say, well, would you really put six left-handed defensemen and have three of them play right-handed defense? Hey, if they've got the ability, why not? If they've got the legitimate ability and they can step in and do it, absolutely I'd do that. Now, there's a couple of other defensemen that Montreal has drafted, such as Dmitry Kostenko and Daniel Sobolev, who are also right-handed defensemen. Given that they play in Russia, obviously not as easy to stay up on and watch and have updates on like OHL, WHL, or Quebec Major Junior Hockey League prospects are. That being said, they have those options on the right side as well. Montreal got a steal last year with Jonathan Kovacevic. Kovacevic became far more of a mainstay 
far more of a complete player, far more of a stabilization factor than anybody had intended. Most people probably thought when they acquired Jonathan Kovacevic off the waiver wire last year, okay, well, this is just going to be some good AHL depth in Laval. Obviously, he never left Montreal, and he's a very smart, talented player. So who knows how this is all going to shake out as to all of the prospects that once were considered the forerunners or best shot at filling positions. Some of them, unfortunately, may not get a chance due to injuries. I hope that David Reinbeck and Logan Mailu both, along with everybody else in that organization, come through their injuries with flying colors. But on the pro side, you have to kind of look at what's happened to the Canadians over the years. It's not argumentative. You can certainly say Brendan Gallagher's game has changed. Shea Weber's career is done. Carey Price's career is done. Jake Allen hasn't been the same with all the injuries that he's had. So it is an impact-affecting issue. And it has to be kept an eye on. And maybe that's the way that Montreal, through that process of attrition, ends up with a certain group of prospects that they keep. I hope it's not that, because obviously these kids, any prospect for that matter, goes through an effort and a lifestyle and a commitment that would probably rival or be beyond most people's comprehension to achieve the goal of playing in the National Hockey League. So for all that effort, hopefully they all get the chance and a legitimate chance with their true abilities. It would be a shame for anybody who's made that kind of an effort not to at least get the opportunity or chance or be cut short because of injuries. On another note, in former Canadian news, not only regarding players that we've talked about in past episodes, Guy Boucher is resurfaced and is an assistant coach that's now been added to the Toronto Maple Leaf staff. So he is back in the NHL. Hopefully he can resurrect his career because I thought he was a great coach in Hamilton of the AHL back when that was Montreal's minor league franchise. Unfortunately in the NHL, perhaps this break that he's had between his last opportunity and now, because everybody's like, oh my God, he hasn't been in the NHL since 2018. I get it. It's five years, but it's not like, you know, a different century or decade. Some people are making it out to be, it's like, oh my God, he hasn't been in the league in five years. He's been a coach for a long time at multiple levels. It's not like the guy's forgotten what he's done and now is only qualified to be something different in some other industry. The guy is still a hockey coach. Matter of fact, I think he has a lot of talents that one could pick from a lot of different very successful coaches. His problem, I think, is temperament. I I think he is a very probably micromanager type coach, and maybe he can set all that aside between the fact that now he's going to be an assistant coach, so all the pressure, the limelight, tension, and everything else is not on him, so he doesn't have to deal with that. And maybe this break provided him an opportunity to kind of sit back and reevaluate. I'm going to give him that shot. I have no idea if he did, but I like the guy. I think he's a solid coach. I think he made the difference, honestly, in Max Pacioretty's career that Max needed when Max made that quote that I thought was a kind of a pretty famous quote early in his career. Look, if you're not going to give me a shot, regular ice time all the time, just send me back down to the minors. And they did. And he played his best hockey under Guy Boucher to that point in his career. And I think Boucher proved himself as being able to collect talent, put it together, bring out the best of the players in Hamilton that year. That has been Montreal's most successful year in the AHL, like the 2020-2021 season was when they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final in the NHL, ironically against Tampa, who hired Guy Bouchard away from that Hamilton franchise. So I wish Guy Bouchard the best. I'm glad to see him back in the NHL. I hope he rounds out the coaching staff. I hope he's able to bring either 
either thought, conversation, ideas, or to be able to gel the Mitch Marners, the Austin Matthews, the William Nylanders, and maybe put Toronto over the edge and, you know, bring Toronto a Stanley Cup, which they haven't had since 1967. And I'm sure a lot of people in Toronto would be really happy with that. But I honestly wish him nothing but the best of success and luck in Toronto. On that note, thanks for tuning in to episode 60 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles, and we'll be back again soon before you know it. Thanks again for tuning in.